Hey, wow, thank you so much. Gosh, this message better be really good after that. The president leaned over to me. He's like, in my two years here, no one has had that long of an introduction. He's like, they didn't even introduce me that long when I was president here. So, uh, geez, I hope I can deliver. Uh, hey, I, I want to start out today uh, in a way that, gentlemen, you should never, ever try when you first are trying to shoot your shot, okay? Um, but I want to tell you that I love you. And the reason I say that is because you and I, whether you know it or not, are connected. We are connected by this room, which, by the way, smells the same as it did like five years ago. It smells like wisdom and worship up in this place, okay? We're connected by a space and time, a thin place where God and people are able to meet. In this room, I've wept on this carpet. In this room, I've rededicated and committed my life to Christ. In this room, I've struggled and wrestled. In this room, I have barely been awake through messages. In this room, I proposed to my wife in that seat. I don't know who you are, but yet she was sitting there, and she said yes, and it was amazing. She's here with our two Hi, sweetie, right over there. Yeah, and there's Olive. Hi, Olive. She's a little bit nervous. That's okay. Uh, but we're connected through this space and this place, and so I love you. And all I want to do today is encourage you. That's, that is my whole mission. My, uh, it's twofold. One, I want to glorify Jesus because he is awesome. But two, uh, I really want to encourage you in your walk with Jesus because college is tough. It's a tough time. It's just this pressure cooker where so much is going on in your life and, and outside of your life, in school and out of school, in academics, outside of academics, in, in jobs, in, uh, in every area of your life. And so if I can do anything today but encourage you, I hope that I'm able to do that. And the way I want to do that is I want to give you a gift, a gift that was given to me in this room that I learned that has set me up to follow Jesus better than I ever knew possible. And it's the gift of prayer might seem simple. It might seem, uh, you maybe have heard about it a lot, but today I want to talk about prayer, and I want to do it in a way that hopefully encourages you and challenges you a bit to take prayer a bit more seriously. When I was a kid, I was told that prayer, uh, that there was like a formula to prayer, right? I supposed to fold my hands, close my eyes, dear Jesus, thank you for this day, which always struck me as very odd because I literally talked to no other person on the planet like that. Like, if I was to go to my wife one day and say, dear Kelsey, thank you for loving me, she'd be like, get away from me, you weirdo. Why are you doing that? And so when, when I began to think of prayer that way, I, I began to think, man, I, I just need to see, say God's name like over and over and over again many, many times. And I just put the word just in front of every sentence. And it became this formulaic thing that really started to add no value to my life. And I started to wonder, is there more to this? Is there more to prayer? Is there more to this gateway connection that I have with the creator of all things? And here at this place, in this room, I began to build the foundations and realize that, yes, there is a lot more to it. There is so much to it that it can change one's life and set one on a trajectory of knowing God like never before. So what I want to do today is I want to give you a formula that's not mine. Um, I didn't come up with this, but has really helped me understand how to pray and how to do it in a way that happens every day and that is able to change me more and more each day. And so if you'd be with me, uh, 
I'd love to give you this time together to pray. And I, and I know that after this message on Wednesday, by the way, I, I heard that Wednesday is a, is a day where you guys have no classes, and y'all still showed up to chapel today? Like, come on. You guys are, you guys are the real deal right now, so thank you for being here. Um, but I want, I want to walk you through this. Um, so, and the way I want you to remember this is through uh, the acronym of PRAY. I just want you to remember the word PRAY. And the P in prayer stands for pause. A few years ago, I was at a coffee shop. Just uh, It was while I was in college. It was downtown. I was at a coffee shop, and I was sitting outside. It was a beautiful day. And I heard this kind of ruckus around the corner. There were people screaming. There was a dog barking. And there was this, like, loud metallic crash somewhere around. And we're all, everyone at the coffee shop is looking around, like, what's going on here? And then in a few moments, I saw what was happening. There was a dog that had been chained to one of those metal folding chairs, as I'm sure their, their owner was trying to like go in and get a cup of coffee or something, but they had been chained to that chair, and it must have like folded up on the dog, and it got scared, and it was running in circles because it was connected to this chair. It was trying to run away from the chair, and the owner was running behind it screaming, stop, slow down, stop, slow down. But the, the noise of the chair was so loud that the dog was just arfing, arfing over and over again, losing its mind as the chair drug behind it. And when I saw this, the first thought that I had was, this is why I don't own a dog. Like, dog, it's just a huge inconvenience trying to enjoy my coffee right now. But then my second thought was, man, isn't this how so many of us live our life? Aren't so many of us running from class to class, from job to sport, from image to image on Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Endless supply of content and information. And yes, I know what TikTok is, okay? I know what it is. I know what it is. (laughs) But like that dog, we're not really running anywhere. We're just running because we're connected to things that stress us out, that keep us anxious, and maybe even push us into a lifestyle where we're living afraid. And so that's why the first step in learning how to pray is really learning how to pause, learning how to take a breath. In Psalm 46, very simply, the author says it like this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Not, not get out your phone and know that I am God. Not, not take on another responsibility. Not, not say yes to another thing and know that I am God. Be still And know that I am God. Prayer starts when we pause, once we slow down, because we can begin to listen to what God is trying to say to us. Because prayer is not our chance to fill God in on what's going on in our life. Instead, prayer is our opportunity to get to know what God is wanting to do in our life. And it starts when we pause. Now let me be clear. This does not mean that you have to become a monk with no social media and you live on top of a mountain and you hum all day long in order to learn how to pause and pray. But it might mean that you need to cut some things out of your life. It might mean that you need to slow down a bit. It might mean that you need to just go to sleep when you said you were going to go to sleep. It might mean that you need to learn to cause some things to pause. So what is that for you? For some of you, if you're honest, it is your phone. Instead of waking up first thing in the morning and grabbing it and automatically going to a connection of something. 
it's learning to just take a breath first thing in the morning, spend some time with the Lord. For others of you, it might be the plethora of relationships that you're in, that you're constantly surrounded by people, you're constantly surrounded by noise, and sometimes you need to actually find time to get alone and to get real, which could be scary because the moment you're alone, all of those negative things come to the surface, and you might need to bring those to Jesus. What would it be for you? When we pause, we can begin to have a better view on what God is doing in our lives, and that is our first step. We start prayer by stopping everything else. The next step is rejoice. Pause, rejoice. So uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I went out of town. Um, uh, I, I was gone for a weekend, and I was really excited to come home, see my family, of course, but I really wanted to see my daughter, Olive, who's right over there. Hi, Olive. Hi, sweet girl. Hey, buddy. Um, I really wanted to see her because I had, I had a gift for her, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to give it to her when... Uh, I got home, and so I, I walked in the door, and uh, Olive was kind, of, was kind of there, and, and I was like, hey, I'm home, and Olive comes up to me. She's like, Dad, I want a snack, and I'm standing there like, and then she comes up to me. She's like, Dad, I want a snack now, right now, Dad, and, and I and I said and I said, hey, I'm home, and it like clicked in, in, in her brain. She was like, oh yeah, dad's dad's here. I need to come up. So she come up. She gave me a big hug. She gave me a kiss on the cheek, and then she said, dad, can I have a snack now, please? <laughs> and the thing is, like, I didn't mind that she was asking for something. I'm her dad. I love getting her things, but sometimes I just want her to give me a hug and look me in the face first. And I think that's the kind of rejoicing that God is wanting is looking for in us. He's looking for us to be glad that he's in the room. He's looking for us to realize that when he's standing there waiting for him, waiting for us to acknowledge him, that that by itself is good news. Just the idea that we are not alone and that he is with us, that is rejoicing. In Philippians chapter four, Paul puts it like this. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. The truth is, none of us can be full of joy all the time in our circumstances because sometimes life is really hard. Classes are really difficult. We get behind in, in schoolwork. We get behind in our jobs. We just feel behind. It's not always, some of you are, are here today and you're actually dealing with some really tragic things. And if I were to tell you that you had to be joyful in that circumstance, you would laugh at me. But notice that that's not what Paul says. Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Always be full of joy knowing that he is there. So often, we will ask God to airlift us out of our problems. And sometimes he does that. That's called a miracle. But most of the time, God's response to our problems is to parachute into the middle of them, stand beside us, and walk alongside us through our problems. Again, Psalm 23 says it like this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Man, some of you are sitting here on a Wednesday just because you need to hear that God is close beside you. And he's waiting for you to rejoice. Rejoicing is not ignoring your problems. Rejoicing happens when you are grateful to not be left alone in your problems. And a good way to, to do this, to practice this, is to just make it a habit of saying thank you to God. God, thank you that you got me through that test. 
God, thank you that you're getting me through this year. God, thank you that, that you're getting me through and you're walking me through my relationships. God, thank you for when I felt alone, when I felt no one else could see me, when no one else could hear me, you were there. A good way to rejoice is to just say thank you. So first we pause, then we rejoice, and then we ask. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is giving an example of how much better God is at giving gifts than we are. And this is what he says. He's he's talking to the parents in the crowd. He said, you parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And I love this example because it seems so ridiculous. Like what dad is going around and giving their kid a snake when they were like, dad, I, I just wanted bread. Like, do you even know what bread is, dad? Like, I just, it's like, that's like going to your parents or someone and being like, hey, I want that new Apple AirPods. I want those. I want Apple AirPods. And then they give you the off-brand version, which are like crappier. You know what I mean? Like they look the same, but they're just crappier. Essentially what Jesus is saying is that God never gives off-brand gifts. He, he doesn't give fake gifts. He gives the real deal every time, and so we need to learn to ask for it. Sometimes we're just caught asking for off-brand things when God is waiting for us to ask for the real thing. (laughs) See, the point that Jesus was making is that God has the ability to miraculously respond to our requests. And a miracle is any time God intervenes in your life or my life. Anytime. That is a miracle. See, often when we think of the word miracle, we can think really, really big, right? Somebody coming back from the dead, somebody getting healed from cancer, someone's uh, hearing being restored. And the thing is, those are miracles, and we should ask for them. That doesn't mean we stop asking for them. Why? Because God is able to miraculously respond to our requests. At the same time, if we only ever focus on wanting to see someone come back from the dead, if we only ever focus on wanting someone's sight to be restored, if we only ever focus on someone being healed from cancer, then we might often miss the small miracles that God is doing every single moment of every single day. It is a miracle that you woke up this morning. It is a miracle that your brain and your body and your blood filled your lungs with air and you woke up. That is a miracle. May we never forget it. It is a miracle when relationships are restored. It is a miracle when somebody finds hope in Jesus. It is a miracle when when you have enough energy on a Wednesday to get to chapel to listen to some white dude speak. That is a miracle. (laughs) we will begin to see more miracles in our lives when we keep asking for them and we keep looking for them the big ones and the small ones and the verses just before Jesus' example of God giving good gifts this is what he says in Matthew 7 he says keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for Keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone notice everyone who asks, receives. 
Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. So when you pray to God, ask him for things. What's holding you back? So often we will make excuses for God and then not ask him for things, and he's just waiting. Some of you need to ask for his energy to get you through this semester. Some of you need to ask for something that's completely out of your control that only a miracle can can stand in the way of. You need to ask for that. And others of you need to ask for the awareness of the small miracles that God is doing in your life every single day. Ask him. So the final way that we can say, the final way that we can learn how to pray is to learn how to say yes. We pause, rejoice, ask, and say yes to God. Saying yes to God happens when we put God first in our life and, and take our directions from it. So, so, when we, so when we say yes to God, we're offering God our ideas, our opinions, our perspective, our hope, our joy, our decisions, and we are allowing him to give us guidance and direction in our life. That's what saying yes to God is. But this does not mean, and you've got to hear me on this, this does not mean that we live a passive life waiting for God to tell us what major we should study or what person we should date, or what sport we should play, or what job we should apply for. It means that whatever we're doing, we are involving God in that process. Whatever major we are currently in, God is in that process with us. Whoever we are dating, God is in that process with us. Whatever church we are going to, God is in that process with us. Wherever, whatever apps are on our phone, God is in that process with us. It's not asking his permission for everything. It's asking for his involvement in everything. That is saying yes to God. Saying yes means we filter all of our actions, decisions, thoughts, and intentions through the viewpoint of faithfulness to God. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and feed on faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The most important thing about prayer is not that we say a prayer, but that we become a prayer. Which means that we become the kind of person who is willing to take chunks of our day and pause. We become the kind of person who is just glad to know that no matter what I'm going through, God's going through it with me. We become the kind of person who is willing to ask God for great things and small things. We become the kind of person who is willing to say yes to God, even in areas where it really hurts and we really don't want to. Prayer is not saying words to God. It's becoming like God. I love how Paul puts it in 1 Thessalonians. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I think another way to read that is always be joyful, never stop praying. Or maybe a better way is do you want to always be joyful? Then never stop praying. Never stop becoming the person who has time for God. Never stop becoming the person who is able to rejoice in God in any circumstance. Never stop becoming the person who is willing to ask God for anything and expect him to respond. Never stop being, becoming the kind of person who is willing to say yes to God.
when I was a freshman here at North Central, uh, I was figuring myself out. I came in, I was 21 years old as a freshman. I took a couple years off in between high school and college. And I, w- I was at a stage of life that many of you probably are at right now. Just figuring out who I, who I was, what my ideas were, what I cared about, what I wanted to think about, what I wanted to study, what job I wanted after college, what my life would be. Whether that cute blonde girl was going to say yes when I asked her to marry me. I was trying to figure myself out. And one night I was, uh, I was in this room uh, during PG. I'll still do PG. I was in the way back because I, I was never one to like jump around and holler. I was kind of like more chill in the back. So I was in the way back just sitting and, and listening for the Lord. And I, I, I heard him say to me, hey, if you want to know where you're going, learn how to pray. And for whatever reason, I felt in my heart that I was supposed to commit to getting up at 6 a.m. Hello. 6 a.m. coming into this room and just waiting on the Lord. And so for that first year, my freshman year, how many of you know that your freshman year, you are just bonkers? Like some of you are freshmen and you are bonkers, okay? But I was like, "This this is where it starts for me. The whole rest of my life, starts in the quiet place with God. And so I made a commitment to show up into this room at 6 a.m. and pray. Like 80% of the time, I was like asleep on those back rows back there. But I was still here, and I started. I made a commitment that on Fridays, it was Fridays for me, at the end of chapel, we would have a time of prayer and fasting. I committed to fast and pray over lunch on Fridays. Most of the time, 80% of the time, I'm thinking about like, what's for dinner? I'm already hungry. I want to get over this. But I started. Hey, some of you just need to start today. Some of you need to start praying today. Some of you need to know that before the rest of your life gets going, prayer is that foundation that will keep you rooted in Christ and give you more success than you ever thought possible. So I don't know what that looks like for you. I'm not saying you have to get up at 6 a.m. I'm not saying that you have to commit to anything. What I'm saying is start somewhere. What I'm saying is learn how to pray. And if you're like me and you need something to fall back on, then remember the word pray. Because in my time since here, I have seen miracles that I never thought possible, big ones and small ones. I've seen people set free and healed because I prayed for them. I've seen myself be set free from chains that I thought would never leave me because I was willing to make space in my life for God to set me free. I have been able to become a father to two awesome kids who are crying and ready to, like, Dad, wrap this up. Here we go. I've been able to be in a marriage where we started in this room praying. Yes, we were that couple, but just come on. Let, just let it go, okay? Just let it go. What I'm saying is this. It starts in this room. I'll, start, I'll end where I started. I really love you. I believe in you. I believe God wants to do something in your life.
And I even believe he wants to do it in this room. So will you get started? Will you pray? Will you pause? Rejoice. Ask. And say yes to God. I have the great privilege of transitioning us into a time of prayer and fasting. And here's the deal. There's no judge. I know I just talked about prayer for the last time. There's no judgment if you've got to go. If, if like life is, you've got to go. That's cool. That's totally fine. But what I'm saying is this. As we transition and you want to stay and pray for a little bit, practice this. See how it works for you. See how it feels on you. And if nothing else, allow there to be room in your heart for God to do something and push you into the place of prayer to see what it does. And if you would be so kind, I would love to pray for you now as we end our time together. And I end like one of the great joys of my life coming back to speak to North Central University. Thank you guys so much for being here today with me. It is a true honor for me. And I care so much about what happens to you in this room. So let's take a moment. Let's pray together. Father, we just leave room for you. I believe that you're speaking to some of the hearts and lives in this room in this moment of pause. So go ahead, Lord, just just speak to them. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for for the wonder of Jesus the love of God that has set so many of us free. Thank you for my friends in this room who are, some of them stressed out, some of them overworked, some of them underslept, some of them strung out, some of them guilty, some of them ashamed, some of them set free, some of them filled with joy. Thank you, God, for where they're at. Thank you for what you're doing in their life. Thank you for how you are changing them and developing them and connecting them with people that will set them on a trajectory to be closer to you and to change the world. Father, we ask for great miracles. God, I ask that there would be a renewed sense of the movement of the Spirit of God in this school. God, I ask that that you would begin to do miracles, big ones and small ones, and that we would be awake to see both of them, Lord. God, we, I, I ask for all of my friends that are struggling that they would find hope in you today. I ask for all of my friends that are filled with joy that they would not keep it to themselves but would share it with others. I ask, God, that North Central would continue to be a beacon of hope of the love of Jesus in downtown Minneapolis and across the world. And Jesus, we with everything we've got, with everything that I've got, say yes to you. Yes, Lord, yes, we, yes, we will serve you. Yes, we will learn to love you. Yes, we will learn to pray. Yes, we will continue to become the kind of person that becomes a prayer, that lives our life as one long, continuous prayer. God, thank you for this chance for us to connect in this thin space where your presence is so tangible and sweet. 
Lord, as we transition to a time of prayer and, and fasting, and I just ask that you would move on the hearts and lives of the students in this room. And God, that they would, that you would say something to them, you would speak to them in a way that challenges them to act. You are so good, God. So wondrously, mighty, mightily good. May your goodness be transferred to every person in this room. Thank you for what you have done, for what you are doing, for what you will continue to do. Jesus, we trust you and we love you. In Christ's name, amen. Feel free to take this time to pray or to be dismissed. Thank you, guys.